You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. I want to begin by asking each of us to take a personal inventory this morning. Because what we're going to talk about, I think, is vitally important to help you and me get to those areas where we think we can't have victory over in our lives. And I think this is crucial. And I think there's something here that we've been missing. Is it the only thing? Of course not. Scripture is the whole counsel of God. It's not just one passage or one sermon, but today is a part of that. And we're going to see if we can't put this into practice and let God minister to us. So I want to invite you to take an inventory with me of the places where you have fear in your life. Now, don't immediately disregard that thinking, look, I don't have any place in my life where I fear. You know, I just trust God in all things. Believe me, that's not true for any of us. There are places where we all have a sense of fear. Take a look at your business or career life. Where is fear in your heart right now? Something is going on in that category that that makes you think, oh gosh, there's troubles and issues that are coming or already here. Maybe it's that you're not going to get the raise. Maybe the deal's not going to go through. Maybe you're going to get sued. Whatever it is, there's a sense of fear. Maybe you're not going to make the quota. Maybe something's going to happen that's, that's going to get at you or, or someone you love. Maybe there's something that's going to happen that you realize, I'm not sure I can get over this. Well, let's talk about the inventory on on our relationships. For here, fear is it's never going to get any better. Nothing's going to change. It's just stuck in the way that it is. And, And I will take the principles of Scripture and obedience. I will try to apply those principles of Scripture into this situation. And I come away saying, you know what? This hasn't worked before. I don't think it'll work again. Maybe in your personal challenges, those relationships between husband and wife, at a deep level, maybe you're even thinking that the problem is bigger than God. We have those places, don't we? We've prayed the prayers, we've sung the songs, but the valleys are too low, the the mountains too high. Where are the fears in your relationships? Maybe the fear is for your children. Maybe you're worried that they're not going to make it or they're not going to become what you want them to be. Maybe it's between you and your children or you and your spouse, and you come away thinking, well, you know, I'm okay with mediocrity. I think that's just the norm. But you know that's not where it ought to be. Let's apply this inventory to ourselves things in our lives that we're trying to overcome, an addiction that we're facing, or a secret besetting sin that no one knows about. And trust me, we all have them. If you don't think you do, maybe that's the greatest sin. Those things that in the quiet of our hearts we know are going to overcome us. Fear there being, I just can't beat it. I've studied all the scriptures. I've gone to the 12 steps. I've I've been in prayer meetings. I've had people lay hands on me, and nothing has worked. Let me address something to you. 
You see, I think you and I have a responsibility in moving out of those areas. Look, it's all God accomplishing it, but he puts a responsibility on us. That brings us to our gospel passage today from John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Now get the picture of the city of Jerusalem completely surrounded by a wall. All the cities did that in those days as a protection. And along the wall were several different gates, entry points. Well, every one of them had a name. This one was called the Sheep Gate, also known as Bethesda, the pool there, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here at that pool, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And when you read in our passage the next verse, there is actually a verse 4 without anything there. <laughs> Let me explain. So in some Bible translations, the NIV included, verse 4 is not in the main text. It's only included as a footnote, which means that there was some debate as to whether it should belong in the original text. However, regardless, it's an important piece for our understanding of how they perceived what happened to that pool and why folks would gather nearby. So let me go back and pick up verse 3. Here at that pool is a great number of disabled people where they used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Here's the missing pieces. And they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. So you kind of get that mental picture of what would take place. That's going to play a role. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Now, it doesn't say that he was there for 38 years, just that he had been sick for that long. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, that seems like an awful silly question to ask somebody who's been sick for 38 years. But here's how the guy responds. Sir, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Here's what he's saying. No one will put me in the water. No one will carry me. No one will help me. There is inherent in this man a great definition of fear. It's never going to get any better. I think that's what we worry about. And that inventory of things we, we took a little bit ago. It's never going to get any better. Now, had Jesus bought that, he would have picked up the man himself and carried him down to the water. But Jesus didn't buy into that. Number one, the man didn't even answer Jesus' question. Jesus asked, do you want to be healed? What does the man respond? Well, he blames everyone for his situation. He said, it's not my fault, it's these people's fault that I can't get to the water. And then here's what Jesus does. He says, 
get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. What Jesus is basically saying to him is, here's where healing is for you. It's in rising, taking up your bed, and walking. Now, this man, I believe, came face to face with his fear. Jesus said something to him that he had to enact on. Jesus has said something to you and me about the inventory we took at the beginning of the sermon. But let me let you in on a secret. If you do it in fear, it probably won't work. If you try to act on a word from the Lord, but you're already resigned to the fact that this probably isn't going to work, then it probably isn't going to work. Let me show you elsewhere in Scripture what the Lord is trying to say to us. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 7. Let me give you the background. The children of Israel have left Egypt. They are finished their wanderings, 40 years in the desert. They're about to enter into the promised land. But in the promised land are already existing nations that have mighty armies. And this ragtag bunch of Jews who have been wandering in the desert for forever are going to come in and and conquer these mighty nations? You may say to yourselves, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? Ever said that about those things which you took inventory? These issues, these problems are more numerous. They are way stronger than I am. How can I overcome them? Get the picture? These are great armies, powerful forces. And this little group of people are about to go in and they need to hear a word from the Lord. Your addiction. Your fear. That besetting sin that you're not going to let anyone in on. The thing that you can't overcome. Listen to what the Lord says. But do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. You saw with your own eyes the great trials, the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and outstretched arm with which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples you now fear. Listen to what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of them. What did he tell Abraham when Abraham was uncertain about his future after leaving everything behind? The Lord said to him, do not be afraid. I am your shield, your very great reward. What does the Lord say to Isaac when Isaac is facing opposition from the Philistines? Do not be afraid, for I am with you. It's a saying that goes all throughout Scripture. David himself, in the most famous of his writings, Psalm 23, says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, we hear that. And immediately we question, okay, well, how or, or why? How can, we, how can we do that? How can we not have fear? Two things. Number one, because God is with us. And number two, one word, remember. We just saw this in Deuteronomy 7. 
you may say to yourselves, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. Now, you may be thinking, yeah, the Lord said to Moses, you know, stand back and watch me do my thing. And you'd say, okay, great. If I had a Red Sea moment, I'd be more than okay. Well, you do. You do have a Red Sea. You do have a miracle. You know who it is? It's Jesus who died on the cross for you and rose again. Listen to what he says because this is a miracle statement. I will not leave you as an orphan. That's John 14, 18. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will be there for you. I will think about the things that you think about. I am here for you. I am for you. That's what stops us from fearing. He is alive and he is real. You may say, there are no miracles in my life. Nothing good has has ever happened. Let me tell you, 2,000 years ago, someone got on a cross after having allowed themselves to be beaten, badly bruised, thorns jammed into his head for you. And that person rose from the dead for you. And that person said, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will never stop loving you or caring for you. Remember that next time you think there are no miracles in your life. Do not fear. When God tells you to do something, do it knowing that he is leading you into it. Do it knowing that you're going to be empowered. Do it knowing that he is your reward. Do it knowing that he will fight the battle with you. How do we know that this is true? How do we know that we can count on this? Because Jesus, empowered by the heavenly father, went to the cross. The place that we would dread most is what he faced, and that's death. And when he gets on that cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And one of the next lines, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And with that, there was no fear. Because he knew that he was going to be raised from the dead. His father had promised it. But you know, it's a scary thought sometimes when we look at our life and where it's going. And the journey of following Christ is not an easy journey. Sometimes it'll wear you out. Give all you have to feed the poor. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hurt you. Pray all the time. It'll wear you out. But let me tell you this. If you operate not under fear, but under the lordship of Jesus Christ, it will empower you. Because remember, all things are possible with him. I want to invite you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And try to picture right in front of you if Jesus were present. Where would you tell him you are fearful? What is the one area 
or you don't think it's going to get any better. You're following Jesus. You're loving him. You're studying the word. But the relationship with your spouse is not there. On the job, the boss will never change. The problems you're facing are just too great. And I want you to hear Jesus say, wait a minute. Do not fear. Remember, I won't leave you as an orphan. Remember, I love you just as you are, not as you should be. You and I are going to walk through this. He tells you there are going to be some valleys, some hills. But don't go in fear. Go trusting and follow me. I can't tell you, friends, where you'll come out on that, but I can tell you it's the only road to victory. Heavenly Father, you know where we need you to show up the most. You know where we fear. Help us turn more of our life over to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.